everyone, and welcome to Marvelous Podcast, where we talk about the latest, greatest, all things Marvel Cinematic Universe TV and movies. I'm Matthew. I'm joined as ever by Abby. Hello. And by Laura. Hello. This week, we are talking Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, uh, which came out in February at Cinemas. has just come out on Disney Plus um, for various reasons. Couldn't hit it at the time. Um, delays in various watches of it and thoughts on it. So we've been we've been hoarding our thoughts to ready to release them on you today. So Abby, what did you think of Ant Man of the Wasp: Quantum Mania? February was a while ago, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, really, quite a while ago. Uh, when I think back to Ant Man and the Wasp, I remember feeling like I came out of it having had a good time in the cinema and I'd seen a big thing and a colourful thing a colourful, I really <laughs> remember, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of red a lot of purple, you know there was, you know, it was, it was bright it was shiny, it was held my attention um, I feel it was quite long but I watched it and I enjoyed it and I think my abiding thought was, is Michelle Pfeiffer good? Oh yeah yeah, so um, so all in all, not a bad trip to the cinema, and you know, it's. I think one of the things that that's going to be interesting to talk about is how big these films are, and how sort of high they aim in a franchise sort of way, and how much they cost, and is it okay to just go and have a pretty good, colourful time in the cinema, with Michelle Pfeiffer? <laughs> Thank you, Laura. What did you think of Quantum Mania? <laughs> um, I thought it was fine. Yeah, fine, mm. fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, no, I genuinely thought it was fine. Uh, I was quite delayed seeing it, so sorry, podsters. It was uh, me being very ill and missing it opening weekend that um, initially delayed us, and then Disney deciding they're not going to suddenly put mm. their films up at, at, at a long time anyway. <sighs> So I missed it opening weekend because I was ill, but then I got better and I still didn't go and see it. (laughs) And I just wasn't that bothered. Um, And then having seen it, didn't love it, didn't hate it. Um, It felt, I don't know, weirdly hollow. The most exciting part was the Loki post credit scene for me. Really? Okay. Um, I really, I actually quite liked the San Francisco bookends at the beginning and the end. Mm. That felt like proper Ant-Man stuff. But um, the rest of it, uh, it was fine. Um, I've talked quite a bit, I think, on the last couple of pods about this um, Marvel model that I read somewhere of heart, humor, spectacle in that order. Uh, and I think the big thing here, thinking about it, is that for me, the heart was missing. I just didn't didn't care. This was written by Jeff Loveness, who I believe was a writer on Rick and Morty. And we've had a number, um, I think think multiverse of madness was also written by rick and morty writer i think but anyway definitely uh the showrunner for she hulk was etc etc and i do wonder if that's really the best stable for the mcu to pick their writers because i quite enjoy rick and morty it's entertaining but it's devoid of heart it's just humor and a lot of spectacle and that isn't really what i want from my mcu mm, okay and how about you, Matthew? How did you find it? Yeah, I, I didn't hugely enjoy it um, up until Tom Hiddleston and Noah Wilson turned up, and then mm. it was really good from there on out. Really <laughs> yeah. enjoyed it after that. <laughs> Genuinely, I popped up in my seat. When, when that turned up. 
<laughs> Everything after that, brilliant. Five, five out of five. Give me more of it. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, the credits. <laughs> yeah, no, but I feel like we're going to have to talk about that credit scene because I just didn't. I, I would, I would rather watch The Incredible Hulk than this again. Uh, no, 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 no! I'm not Ooh, that far on the spectrum. This was this. not good. Well, yes, and and like I, I know exactly where you're all coming from on the points you've made because I can see it for that. But they all come with. Yes, it's got lots of spectacle and there's lots of stuff going on in here, but it also feels hollow because there's no explanations for anything. And it's all about kind of what visuals we can put on. Mm. And, uh, so so my, my little, you know, one line pithy review of it was the best Star Wars sequel since 20, uh, since 1999. Uh-huh. And it really did feel like one of the prequel movies. Lots of green screen, lots of interesting stuff being displayed, but actually... It's just people sort of not quite sure how to perform and deliver stuff. I didn't, but be- I, I thought actually, I think lots of criticism of CGI. I actually thought the CGI was very good as far as the design and and everything. Hmm. I just didn't believe anybody was there. Yeah. Whereas, and I hate to do this, but we talked about Guardians 3 last time. That had quite mm-hmm. a lot of CGI in it as well. Mm-hmm. Believed everything. Holy CG characters. Yeah. That made us cry. And, yeah. 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 When it when it's just CG characters interacting on screen, like there is probably no performance capture or anything. It's there is there is performance so. capture in all of those things in Guardians. Okay. There, well, but even so, yeah. there's no you know there's nothing physical. Um, yeah, you can't see any actors. It's it. There is good stuff in here. Yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit straight to you know again it's a two sided thing because. Michael Douglas should not be one of the best things about a Marvel film. <laughs> Michael Douglas has never been the best thing about any film he's been in. And all of a sudden, he's really good here. He is having the time of his life. He looks good. Mm, you know, looks as great. ever, I wish I looked like that now. Um, <laughs> but he's just getting to do the fun stuff. Like, bravo. I, I suspect it might have been that some of his stuff would have gone to Evangeline Lilly. But she's sort of sidelined here. I think she's persona non grata. She is barely a character. Mm. And I understand the potential real world reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Do I understand the potential real world reasons for that? Uh, she came out as very um, anti vaccine. Oh, damn it. And mm. conspiracies and what have you. Oh. Um, the mother didn't come out and said anything about it, but I the suppose we're, sure we're guessing. Yeah. Mm. We're guessing why perhaps she didn't mm. have a lot going on. But to be honest, in her first headlining film, The Wasp didn't have the hugest amount of character development anyway, which I won't bang on about because you can go back and listen to that. I talked about a lot at the last uh, the pod about that. But yeah, I think her plot arc was a haircut. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing, but... Yeah. 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 Mm. And that's, you know, it's the third film in a, in a series. It doesn't, you know, we, we talked about Chris Pratt has something of an arc and, and every character has something in, in Guardians 3 mm-hmm. but they don't have to be as big and as epic as, as some of the, the other characters. But they do the have an arc and they do all have heart mm-hmm. and actual character development, like mm-hmm. internal development. I mean if you think about Thor Ragnarok which is not my favourite Thor film but it's the third one um, mm-hmm. and it's got a lot more to do and yeah. a lot more impact. You can mm. you can still give ever this is the, the thing you can give people something mm. without it having to be 
they have to carry all the dramatic scenes. It can just be something yeah. that goes, you know, something, set anything, it up, deliver on it, invert it at the end. <laughs> yeah, done. So we did. We didn't get great hope stuff, but we got great Janet stuff. Great, I thought Janet. MVP yes. for me. Mm. I've not seen Michelle Pfeiffer in anything for a very long time. Where you know she was actually in it for any great because in the previous mm. one she wasn't actually really in it for very long. Mm. Um, and she's bloody fantastic, isn't she? I really, yeah. really enjoyed. Really, good. every moment she was on screen. Really, I thought she got to yeah. do a full. She got to do a full range of yeah. stuff, but also seemed to be having a good time. I think, and and seemed to sort of be quite dug into the character. Really enjoyed her with Michael Douglas as well. It just, mm. yeah, very, very, very enjoyable. And this is the thing. This is why I can't kind of sort of chuck it out and say I I didn't think it was particularly good because I don't I don't think there are many franchises where you get people um over 35 doing <laughs> so much whereas it feels kind of like everyone in some of the um the marvel stable is over that now you know guardians is not a young cast for example um no. thor not a young cast the, like it's it's been a while and it shows now I think, mm. but I think there's something really nice about bringing in that sort of higher layer of, of parents, um, sort of grandparents into this mm. and making them at the forefront of the film that I didn't necessarily expect. And I guess maybe that does help, at least in this, reposition Paul Rudd, who looks the same. Um <laughs> Well, if we're touching on Michelle Pfeiffer and Paul Rudd, I was just looking up to double check before I said it. There is a film called I Could Never Be Your Woman. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Which is Michelle Pfeiffer as a you know middle-aged woman having an affair with a younger man, Paul Rudd. And, and you know, comedy ensues. Also starring Shirley Ronan, Tracy Orman, John Lovitz, Gemma Norton, uh, not Gemma Norton, Graham Norton, Olivia Coleman, David Mitchell. I feel like the, they, the names were getting more random as you were going. It. Yeah, right. Direct, <laughs> I, directed by Amy Heckling. I okay. think I've seen that. But Wait, I don't well, know you, I... well, you gave it four out of oh, five. Oh, I have seen it. <laughs> I gave it two out of five. So yes, your I mileage know, might vary on. We, we all know about Matthew's taste. the difference. <laughs> okay. That's I remember it being quite fun. But, but yeah, you know, he, he is still playing some of those same sort of characters. Mm. The fun young guy. Although, although he did also look his age... More appropriately here, I think they're allowing him to. I, I'm, I'm thinking particularly the San Francisco bookends. With those reshoots, I feel like I read a lot about how those were kind of bracketed onto the film after test screening. So because the whole thing about how there was a leak of the film, and then they did some reshoots, and they had to do some mushing of things. And I, I got the impression, possibly because they felt so disjointed to me, that 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 was what they did to try and ant man it up. I think I think the script got leaked. Ah. Um, yeah. And maybe even there's a thing here about the subtitle file for the film got leaked. What does that mean? So there there will be some sort of text file that has basically the the dialogue of the film. Oh, okay. That is then used for subtitles. Oh, subtitle. <laughs> Uh, sorry, my brain went to like the subtitle being Quantum Mania, and I'm like, well, it's not big <laughs> well, we leak, <laughs> Sorry, I see. Yeah. Oh, no, of course, yes. Yeah. Oh, I see. 
Yeah, there was there was quite a big leak of something a couple of weeks before, and um, mm. and I think they changed the end somewhat as well. I, I think they changed the end in the quantum. It felt very much like they'd changed mm. the end in the quantum realm. So not the final book end, but mm. because, well, at one stage I thought, are they going to kill him? And I thought, well, no, they're not. If they're going to kill someone, they're not going to kill him by having him beaten to death. That's a little, <laughs> not particularly Marvel. And this isn't James Gunn. So, um, but then I thought, oh no, you know, okay, now he's going to sacrifice himself with the whole engine thing so that he could take out Kang and he'd take himself out. And, blah, blah, blah. and then there was the, okay, so it's not that. And then there was the, oh, they're stranded. And then they weren't mm-hmm. stranded. Do you know? And it just mm-hmm. kind of felt like, it felt like you couldn't make your mind up with what was going on here. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, I've forgotten quite a lot of those bits. Mm. Um, but there was definitely a whole mess at the end, I thought. And, mm. uh... I would have liked this a lot less if we didn't have those bookends. Right, okay. Because, right. I mean, that's the... The Ant-Man charm is obviously Paul Rudd. Um, but a lot of it is the the him in normal life. Um, mm. particularly, which I don't think they did have in the bookend. No, they did have a little bit in the bookends, um, the first one anyway, the beginning anyway. It's the whole um, grounding of normal life, normal objects against the bigging and smalling. Mm-hmm. And so I think this time we had the pizza, didn't we? So he saved $8 because he embiggened the pizza. Yes. Um, Thank you. Embiggened is the right word. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> and... And I think that that kind of juxtaposition of, of, of like ridiculous things like the Thomas the Tank Engine and the Salt Cellar and, and that mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. and and the really fun in the second one the car chase where they go big and small. Mm. Um, when they did that in this film, they were within the quantum realm, the vast majority of the time. Couldn't really tell until Cassie actually shouts, "I'm enormous!" Like, oh, are you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm. Cassie. Yes. I was I was thinking and I was trying to remember anything about her at all. She From before had this su- film or in this film? Well both. Um okay. she had a suit. I remember this. She did. And maybe she is an actor that Matthew likes from something else. Yes. Thought was good in something else. Mm-hmm. And I can remember precisely nothing about her character about her performance. I remember thinking at the time that I didn't really buy Paul Rudd as her dad and I didn't buy the performance. I think Paul Rudd is a great actor, but mm. I, I I found a lot of their scenes left me quite cold and I don't know why. I don't know if it was the dialogue. I don't know if it was the performance. I don't know if it was the environment. I just didn't really get... <laughs> anything really from Cassie at all so I'm just wondering if I missed things um what are your thoughts I mean I agree she's there you know not many characters get served much here at all um because the spectacle is so very grand and there is so very much time to fill um I I enjoyed her but she is also I don't know how quite how to say, it, but she doesn't stand out particularly. Mm-hmm. Quite she flat. She gives a fine performance. Yeah, uh, I liked um, something that one of the things I understand something I liked. 
I like Jess Kersey. Um, uh, I would quite happily see her in a Young Avengers or what have you. Although, good God, you're going to have to get on with this because you've not even announced it and they're all going to age out. Mm. Um, so I would quite happily see her again. I liked her interactions with the character played by the actress who's an Andor. With Gentora. Gentora, yeah. Yeah, Gentora. <laughs> Played by Katie M. O'Brien. All I could think was Jeanette, and it wasn't going to be Jeanette. <laughs> uh, I quite like it, she's called that. Um, so I, I liked all that, but absolutely, I think there was some issue between with the relationship between her and Paul Rudd, because this is the bit that absolutely should have, mm. this is where the heart should be. Mm. And good God, every interaction between Cassie previously and, um, oh my God, what's it called? Paul Rudd. <laughs> No, yeah, I was trying to think Scott? of the characters. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're all quite tired. I would, it would have taken me a long time to get Scott. If you asked me what's his name, I, can't tell, I would have gone to Greg, Jeff, Because we do have at one end of the spectrum, we have <laughs> Kang and Gentora, and the, at the other end we have Scott and Janet. <laughs> I remember Janet's name. I mean, come yeah. on. He says, um, he says, as a Matthew, you know, <laughs> I know which end of the spectrum I'm on. <laughs> so, yeah, there was, there was something that just wasn't working there. And it wasn't like I watched it and went, oh, I don't like this. But the actress that um, that was Cassie before in Endgame, she was barely on screen. But just her meeting up with her dad again when he comes back. I was in floods at that. You know, I had some teary moments in previous Ant-Men with her, him and little girl Cassie. And there was just something about this that just did not work. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I felt like it was trying to do something. And I was. it was one of those things where I was thinking, Is, am, am I missing this because I'm not a parent? And, you know, I guess sometimes that that's the thing that happens. But if it's good, you should be able to get it regardless of these things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Parenting kids stuff makes me cry all the time when I don't have any kids. It does, it doesn't. But this really just didn't. It was the only thing where I just really wanted it to not keep going. Because um, as I say, it, it was quite long and there was quite mm. a lot in there. But I think those are the only scenes where I remember thinking, come on, like move it along. <laughs> or, oh, so um, I did... I, or the jeopardy wasn't enough. <laughs> I didn't love the writing her, her as well when we were in the first um, of the bookends mm. where she's so harsh on him about the fact that he's not continuing to avenge. It's mm. a bit I mean, strange. He's just a, he saved the world. He's written a book. I mean, most people would be pretty happy with just the writing the book side of things. And she's so harsh on him. It's not as if he's sort of gone the other way. If he was actively harming people, I'd understand. I suppose now, now I'm thinking about it, this is a bit of how Gen Z get written, isn't it? By by older people mm. sometimes. You know, that kind of um, relentless pressuring. Yeah. You, shouldn't you do that? Like it, it, that did feel like something that I think we're seeing more and more. In, in as a hallmark of a younger character. This is how you can tell they're a different generation. They think differently about the obligation of the hero. And I feel yeah. like Marvel is yeah. trying to kind of shoehorn that a little bit. Mm. Because and I, I think if it had just been with the edge of Sandroff ever slightly or just yeah, that absolutely that, that was her feeling, that she was disappointed that her dad wasn't 
actively being a hero anymore because she was seeing all these things in the world that needed to be needed uh, to be righted. But she's so unpleasant to him that it's kind of like a little unlikable. And not that all characters had to be likable, but clearly this is a character we were meant to like. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? It felt like we weren't meant to like her. And that's a bit strange. Although, although is some of that because, you know, the thing you always do is you can start a character off as harsh or unpleasant or not as likable if by the end they have a versal or, you know, a change in some way. But she mm-hmm. doesn't, she doesn't particularly go in through anything. He learns to trust her. And and he learns that he should be the hero again. Mm. So if anything, he moves to her position, which again, yeah. I don't think she had the wrong position necessarily. No. I just think he perhaps has earned a couple of years off or something. Yeah. Hmm. So we often like to bring in the thoughts from other people we see these films with, or talk to the films, mm-hmm. or talk to about the films. So my wife fell asleep through the th- act three. <laughs> no. Um, was, she, was she okay? <laughs> well, she could follow it because it's just beams of light going into the sky. But, uh-huh. Um. Yeah, this this was not grabbing there at all. But I particularly segue into this because, Abby, we had to stop ourselves from talking because you and your wife had had big discussions on it. We had. And I think I was on her side, um, particularly about the amount of detail in the world. Mm. The, the lack thereof. Well, I think I think that's her view. So... Uh, you, you phrase something about seeing it at the cinema. Seeing it at the cinema yeah. is because uh, uh, another part of the conversation was like, "Hey, Laura's really unwell. Did we tell her just to sack this one off?" <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, just and you're like, "No, it. you know, seeing it at the cinema was good because there is so much detail and it is so very big." Mm. Which I think is true. Yeah, there's detail in like the, the CG and what they're presenting, but also it doesn't mean anything. No, that's true. I think I just liked the colour and the scale and the environment and the all of that. Whereas, yeah, my wife was very much of the opinion that it was boring and insufficient and long and tired and not she, a lot of design she, classics. She, yeah, she really <laughs> felt the lack of design classics. I think um, <laughs> she was just not into it at all. Really, apart from Michelle Pfeiffer a bit, because you know, well, obviously. she was cat Catwoman. So. <laughs> that's basically as far as my wife's concerned she is Catwoman forever and there's that So no, nothing but love for our Catwoman nothing but yeah. love yeah. Um, I, so that was good I'm pleased I did go and see it eventually at the cinema hmm. because I think otherwise I think I might have had a question mark in my head well one, dig up what's gone wrong there's been an MCU film and I didn't go and see it at the cinema and if I'd just seen it on the small screen at home, I think I might have thought, oh, well, it's because I didn't see it at the cinema that that's why, you okay. know, I'm having this reaction. So, mm-hmm. and I did actually like a lot of the design. Some of the design of the characters I thought was fantastic. I really like the one, there's one called Zol, I think Zolom, who's the torch head guy. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very cool. I liked Veb with his lack of holes and then his holes. <laughs> Um, I really have a question about him though because he's the one creating the ooze that may, means that the other characters can understand each other. How is he not hooked up to some kind of milking machine or something? Because they're serving this in bars. So is he like the one that escaped and the rest of them are being milked? I, 
anyway. But yes, so and broccoli guy as well. So I thought there was some like fun stuff. Um, it's like whole vegetable, you know, because there was the carrot guy in Guardians as well, and I'm just like, is there some kind of like vegetable Avengers that is coming? Is this going to tie into like like mini meals for children? Like, is there some the- kind of government programming uh, vegetables? I would- I would be happy with like a cartoon or something that is the Vegetable Avengers. I don't think we need it the, entire. Be like the Munch Bunch live bunch. action. <laughs> the Avengers, the Vegetables, the Veg, Avengers. <laughs> something like that. I'm not sure it scans. Yeah, I'm trying. With the whole weight yeah. of the Marvel machine behind it, I'm sure they'll think of something. Sure we'll something. <laughs> yeah, there, exactly. There is a lot to this, but they never give us anything about it. All these people who have somehow made it to the quantum realm and, like, cool, there's then a lot of stuff you could do. But that side of it, it could just be a Guardians film. It could just be a space station. So you think that they made it into the quantum realm, not that that's where they're from? Oh, I thought there was a line about like people end up here. Hmm. I had taken that they were from, or at least most of them were from. There. I mean, both things could be true because because we definitely have. I can count at least three people down there, who were external, between Kang and Janet and yeah. Rock. Presumably, there are more. Presumably, it's not just those three. But then, mm-hmm. yes, there could also be people who evolved at that scale. Yeah. Somehow. Although there's a whole thing about, like, they're supposed to breathe, and what about oxygen molecules? But fine. Oh, um, yeah. No, none of that works. You know, hand wave it away, you know. Well, uh, I think at one stage, uh, um, Michael Douglas, because I can't remember his character's name either. Oh, my God, what's happening? Um, he, <laughs> as, as they Hank. land, thank you, Hank, as they land, he says, we should be dead. Oh, we're not. And that's just, we cover that. That's that's what I dealt with. Andy wavy, wavy, wavy. Where's Janet? Yeah. Mm. I just, I I always feel like, at least with the Guardians film, when they arrive in a space place, everybody already has their own life going on. And I mean, this was always my big problem with Star Wars, was that they bounce from place to place and the places don't have any meaning or story. They're just backdrop Mm. for your main Mm -hmm. characters to pass through. And that's why Mm. Andor is so good why I like the Mandalorian is because they arrive in pre-established communities with lives mm-hmm. and meaning of their own mm-hmm. and I think that again you know we, we've often sort of balanced up talking about where the Star Wars universe is and where um, the Marvel universe is and I think this is an area where generally Marvel is lacking um, okay. and mm-hmm. and I, I don't think Ant-Man did itself many favours in that regard mm. but but it was colourful Hmm. But um, yeah. Well, it, because the one of all these people that we get introduced who are kind of, of course, I throw away ganks. Um, the one that mm-hmm. we spend time on is Modok. Yes. The return of Darren Cross, mm-hmm. which is very weird, and I'm not sure the comedy of it lands for me. But I'm interested what you both thought, if you can remember. I didn't really understand it, and I just wanted it to go away. <laughs> Do you remember him? No. Okay, yes, yeah, a lot of those jokes would not work. <laughs> <laughs> I remembered him. And uh, I actually thought it was quite a clever way of making that character Modoc because of Ridgey in the comics, he's not. Darren Cross isn't, mm-hmm. is he? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a tiny bit of understanding of Modoc just because I watched um, that Pat Nelswold 
um, series, Mm. which was quite fun. So, but when they said it's him, I'm sorry, what? But then when they showed the way that he did fold up into bits um, when he was sent to the quantum realm, and then that, that explains why he's like, deformed has got the big head and tiny little legs and a teeny little tushy um which did make me giggle i thought do you know actually that works really well considering that it's just a a coincidence that's using something that came from a previous film to try and explain why this guy is this shape at least uh the face did not work i don't know what was going on there but it just looked wrong I know it needs to be a big head. Something from the 90s where they would like project the middle of the face onto something. Probably Games Master or something. I don't know. It just, there was something that was not, I don't, it looked like to me like it was, so this is the temporary effect, yeah? And then we're going to (laughs) get the proper (laughs) one. We'll go over it and post. (laughs) Yeah, fix it and post, absolutely. Um, However, I really did. This is probably the bit that made me laugh the most, particularly the Darren. That, every time it happened, made me giggle. Um, the whole thing about um, not being a dick anymore and his death scene, I, I did enjoy that you know, at least I died an Avenger. Um, that that I enjoyed and everyone's reaction to that. Um, yes. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> good. Well, like, like I say, it was just kind of, this is a bit weird. This is a bit weird. And, and it's almost the scale of the effect they're doing, mm. however good or bad it is, sort of distracts mm. from the story they're trying to do with him, perhaps. in it, Again, to compare it to other films in a way that like them being animals in Guardians films or, or some of the look of the creatures in Guardians films, mm. you end up going with it. There was, there was I, think, I think for me, something in, in the way they did Modoc that I was just like... I can't focus on what's going on because this is. I'm sort of looking for the seams, and it's just a bit strange. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. No, I thought just the, I wasn't bothered about design. I did think he was an interesting, as in weird combination, him and Kang. Yeah, yeah. they didn't really feel like they should be in the same film, no. but that in itself, I've just had a little epiphany. Really, didn't feel like Kang should be in the Ant Man film. Oh, okay. And we haven't yeah, really just, talked about Kang for half an hour, which no. is astonishing. No, no. Given... Well, that's, that's why I'm sort of moving <laughs> us to, the, to yeah. the the wrap up, the big villain. This is the introduction of him as Kang. Obviously, we yeah. had the Loki introduction in that one episode. Laura, I'm I'm interested in that thought. This this should have just been a more you know superficial villain. Yeah, I mean it's Ant Man, and I know he fought at the airport with Cap. And I know he then saved the world as well and blah, blah, blah. But it's Ant-Man and we're putting Kang, our big, big, big bad villain, up against him. And he's beaten by Ant-Man and the Wasp. This does not bode well for him being this unbeatable villain. Now, mm. probably he survived and blah, 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 etc. Um, But he is a big scale villain. Yeah, he's the next Thanos. Yeah. And it felt weird that you know with Thanos we got all these little hints that it was drip fed through and here we had absolutely he who remains and then he's here now big Kang great um and then many Kang yeah Mm. and 
On the one hand, he was the best thing in the film, other than obviously Michelle Pfeiffer, because his performance I thought was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. That quiet menace and how little, you know, he's he's crushing them just by flicking his finger. And and that that I suppose confidence mm-hmm. and he felt deadly, absolutely deadly. But then when I think about the actual character, so I came out going, oh, best thing in the film, best thing in the film. And then when I was thinking about it afterwards, what is his motivation to get out of of there? Okay, I mean, he doesn't want to be there, but as far as what what is it that he wants to achieve? You think of a a Thanos scale. Yeah, he he had the... Uh, an argument that you could kind of go oh, I mean I don't like the way you're doing it but I understand what, why you would think that and the same with Killmonger um, and then also with um, the high evolutionary didn't agree with it at all but you could kind of understand how he got there with this he just wants to conquer he just wants to win that's just really dull <laughs> yeah because we're we're what 30 at this stage 31 films in I think mm-hmm. That is a real lackluster reason mm. to villain, basically. So, yeah, I'm a little torn as far as I thought the performance is amazing, but then when I think about the actual character, I don't really know, even with his many different versions, how far mm. can this go if all of them also just want to conquer? How interesting is that, particularly to sustain mm. over many, many films? And then there's the obvious thing that I've not been saying is... We don't even know if he's going to be in these future films because how, of... How do you solve a problem about uh, yeah. Jonathan Majors? Yeah. yeah. Um, you've given me an epiphany. Ooh. Ooh. When we talked Guardians 3, I didn't enjoy the high evolutionary performance because I wanted him to be a bit more subdued and in control and, and mm. confident in himself. I wanted this performance for him. So let's join the epiphanies mm. together. What if that had been our introduction to Kang? As the high evolutionary type character, you know, you don't have to change anything. Mm. But you, have to, you have to change to give me the performance that I wanted. Uh, you have to. But <laughs> but that's the sort of introduction to Kang and that he is super powerful and does all this stuff and doesn't really care about others. Guardians yeah. feels like a better fit for him. And then in this, you do some sort of, I don't know, the answer rising up, something. <laughs> but, but something else. I'm, I'm sure there are other Marvel villains that could have come. Mm. Um, Abby, I don't know if you know any off the top of your head, but I'm sure there are. You know, I I just think the thing, the thing that wouldn't quite work for me about um, that sort of high, high evolutionary style entrance is that the whole point of of the high evolutionary in Guardians is that it's not really about him. Whereas the whole point of the Kang thing is that it is in fact about him. Well, think, but exactly. What a way to introduce your villain who's going to be there for. 10, 20 films. Not but make the, it about him, but, but at least, you know, you've introduced him. I, I think, though, if, if we were getting this performance, it would be about him. That's true. Because that's it, true. it sucked a lot of yeah, the oxygen yeah. mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but may, maybe that also explains why the high evolutionary was so like that, because they couldn't have him acting... As in control, because that's the Kang thing. So yeah, maybe. Oh, okay. I don't. What, what's your thoughts on the Kang character? I think Jonathan Majors is an exceptional actor um, in terms of taking up screen oxygen. Um, I find him absolutely compelling to watch, and I think by far the highlight of much of 
the Loki series was just those couple of scenes where, you know, suddenly everything felt like Shakespeare and everything was just really mm. kind of crackling and exciting and interesting. Um, and then, you know, it sank back into to some of the other issues I had with Loki as a show. And, and I think that when you have, a, I don't know, a presence like that, I think it's a very hard tool to wield effectively. Um, and... I think there's something quite notable that you said, well, what's the motivation? Um, and I don't think characters like that sort of have much motivation, really. It's just kind of when anything is possible and everything is Kang, um, existence is, is sort of arbitrary <laughs> in a way. It's all mm-hmm. sort of arbitrary and, you know, to, to destroy uh, is, you know, <laughs> not much, it's- much else to do. But my con- my concern is that's not enough to sustain over what four films, five films. However no, long. so you probably do have to lose to Ant Ant Man to uh, to build some resentment or, or something. And I mean, let's talk about the post credit with the six billion Kangs. Hmm. Yeah, um, wrangling. I mean, you know, especially given the current context of all this, uh, wrangling that volume. Of any one character is is interesting enough, but but how do you make that meaningful mm. in the cinematic universe? How do you tell that story? I mean, do we know where this story continues? Do we know who picks know. this up next? Well, as in where he's meant to appear next? Mm. I mean, Loki, I guess, mm. because of where he was in that. And I, I yeah. don't think we're going to get him in Secret Invasion. Doesn't seem a good fit. Because and film, I don't film, think he'll be in Marvels either for some reason. No, might be like well, puppeteering, but I don't think he'll be like the main villain. Because that would be interesting. Um, but but film wise, I just who even wants to pick this up? You know how mm. how does it work? I wonder. I wonder how much we will actually see. I wonder how much this was a good idea mm. that we won't actually see. Threaded through 10, 20 films. I mean, Thanos wasn't in 10, 20. I mean, if he was, I really don't No, but the Infinity Stones were. No. Yes. But that's the thing. The Stones were, and the Stones weren't the bad guy. The Stones were stones. Hmm. Um, They were weapons, tools, or something. They looked good in a glove. Um, But but that was the thread. It it wasn't the character. And it, uh, I think we assume that they'll try to thread the character. But I, I just don't think they can. I mean, it's just how do you spin that plate successfully for a period of time? I'm not I'm not sure they will. I think there will be other characters telling other stories and dealing with perhaps other fracturing parts of mm. multiverse. Mm. Um, it's it's just really weird if and again putting aside if they mm. change what they're going to do. Because we've got I think it's the next Avengers is called Kang Dynasty mm-hmm. and is well, what's the slate for 2026 I think Can something like that it's 25 mm-hmm. so to have quite so much Kang now then not really much Kang and then Kang I don't know and now I've said Kang too many times that it doesn't <laughs> mean anything to me there's some kind of Kang dynasty I, suggests that you're going to get those credits yeah going there 
I don't know, but the writer has now left the project. Ooh. Um, which was this, the writer for this guy. This, this one. writer, yeah, okay. yeah, this writer, okay. Jeff Loveness. He's now le- he was going to be writing um, Kang Dynasty, and he's recently left. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. And obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with the actor, but I think if he is, he's been charged, isn't he? So if he is found guilty, Marvel's going to have to do something about it. Mm. Well, yeah, I say it's... that, and the Flash is coming out, but <sighs> I'm having a look at the slate that's coming out. There is mm. one film that stands out. Well, there's, there's two films that stands out that that they could do something. With, yeah. Um, if not three, the Thunderbolts, but we don't know much about that. But mm. I suspect they'll keep that as their, you know, trying Suicide to do a new squad. spin-off. Yeah. Mm. There's a Fantastic Four movie. Mm. Mm, which would fit for what I could see them doing is there is a Deadpool three movie. Oh my god! That would no. be an easy place to throw something away and also build something up in a. We're building it up and setting the scene, but we don't have to take it as seriously as we might. Mm. Mm. I think this guy, this this uh, this character needs to be in serious films. I just don't think it works in a, a light hearted comedy. So w- w- one of the things I wanted to ask you about was. Are we just the wrong audience for this film? The film's called Quantum Mania. Mm-hmm. Even the title, I don't think, is taking itself seriously. And we are here spending a lot of time, very regularly, taking Marvel way too seriously. So yeah, but I, I'd quite like them to take it seriously, even if it's a funny film. Okay, you know we've, and that's not to denigrate all the creators because I'm sure they they didn't go out trying to make a film that we weren't going to like or that people weren't going to like. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've spent a very long time talking about Ragnarok and the other Ant-Men films and, and what have you, and we've not had this reaction to them. No. So I don't think it is just that, oh, it's meant to be a, a, a light jape and we're, we're trying to dig too much into it. Because I don't think this was trying to be a light jape. This was trying to be a much more serious Ant-Man than the other two. This was trying to be an Avengers film. Yeah. With, so we think... Do we think this was trying to do kind of quantum universe heavy lifting? Like, was it was this trying to? How much did it actually tell us that we didn't know about the multiverse? So, would it tell you enough if you haven't watched Loki? Well, if we're assuming people just watch the films, Multiverse mm. of Madness has done the multiverse now. Yeah. Mm. So, so I, d- I don't think there's anything new in this one. I mean, mm. the fact that Kang can travel between the multiverse, I suppose it's something, but I don't think there was... In fact, there are lots of Kangs. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's sort of properly properly setting up, but that's a post-credit sequence. Yeah. You know, and if also, you're going to th- make a throwaway film for a post-credit sequence, make it good. I hope we don't get the one with the really gravelly voice that much, because that I just didn't like listening to it. <laughs> Did not like it. I wanted him to have a lozenge. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, cough for God's sake. <laughs> it, like... it, it, it could be really interesting seeing a very talented actor play different variants of himself. Yeah. yeah. Particularly when they look so different. With the, mm. I think there's one I think called Amortis, and I think there's a something tough. I think Immortus is the is the leader that we saw. Yeah. Mm. So look, that could be that could mm. be really interesting. 
And I, I look forward to seeing Tom Hiddleston playing different versions of himself. Yes, I do. I'm so excited now having seen that. Mm-hmm. And look, it might be then seeing, because this has been filmed, so and we've been told we've got a date now for Loki too. So mm. um, whatever happens with um, Jonathan Majors in the future, I can't see him being replaced in that. And I found the character there much more interesting than the one even with these, what little we got of him, he's hiding in time and mm. um, and looks completely innocuous, but is doing awful things. Um, so I think that that could be, you know, that could be interesting again, the same way that He Who Remains was really interesting. Mm. Mm. Is there anything we've not mentioned, particularly things you enjoyed, things you liked, performances you liked, actors who cropped up that, that you wouldn't have expected to see in a film like this? Anything you want to call out? I can't remember anyone who cropped up in this. But, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Such as, although it's a waste of him, William Jackson Harper turned up, and he's always a, a delight. Yes, and I yeah, I thought he was good, but agreed. Uh, it sort of left a bit of a... I wouldn't go as far as bad taste, but it was a bit a slight letdown that he wasn't in it very much. Mm. Um, and I would have he, liked he more of him. He gave drama. <laughs> it was good. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at my good list, and most of it was Modoc, and I've talked about that. I mean, there was and Bill Veb. Murray. Yes, he would not be on my good. No, oh, sorry, not, you're right. Yeah. There was something on my good list. The Bill Murray bit was really short. Yeah, that was on my good list. <laughs> Thank you. What did you think of him in this, Abby? I enjoyed Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay, good. That is what I thought of those scenes. <laughs> I enjoyed okay. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I enjoyed Michael Douglas. I yes. really, really and did. They're a good pairing. They are. They're so they're much fun. Friends. I could really watch a full rom com. <laughs> just about. I mean, just keep them as Hank and Janet. I could. I could yeah. watch the rom com of, of Hank and Janet. You know, getting their lives back together. Actually, that is something I really liked. The the whole um, the way that Hank had a complete lack of jealousy. Yeah. Janet's past. I just I just want to put a pin in that and say that was really nicely done. Someone who was apart for a very, very long time and held absolutely nothing against mm. her having had other relationships in that period of time. And I thought that was a really nicely written. For all we've been talking about how things weren't well written, I thought that was nicely written and I enjoyed that. Yeah. So yeah. worth noting. And his his Dinner with mm. Linda that didn't work out. She wasn't I thought that was so yeah. delightful. <laughs> yeah. And it was just a really nicely written, really nice character notes. And again, I could have mm. watched so much more of that. I really, I really could have enjoyed them just kind of having their relationship and, and going about their day. That would have been yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. Like one question that's been really bugging me. <laughs> one. One, and I, I promise it is one. <laughs> At the end of Ant-Man... One, he disappears in the quantum realm and he gets out because he puts an embiggening disc in his regulator and he embiggens, mm-hmm. even though he's barely conscious, et cetera, et cetera. Why didn't any of them do that? Because they have the embiggening discs and they've got suits. You only need one of them to get out. You only need one of them to get out and then they can open the portal as they do at the end, I'm assuming using Cassie's invention. 
I, I mean, yes, you're absolutely right. There is a big plot hole there. It's the yeah. same plot hole that exists in Endgame of like, we've only got X number of pin particles, so we can only do this certain... But you've also got time travel. Go back to where there are lots of pin particles. Take a hundred of them. More. They did that, though, didn't they? They did go back and get more pin particles. Yeah, the two that they need. Like, like you, you know, the, the point of it is... Yeah. It, fake drama. Fake tension. Yeah, but at least with that, that, you know, they were saying, we've not got many of these things. Here, they're flinging these things about left, right, and centre. Yeah. And at no stage was the... Why did we not escape the same way that he escaped the first time? Was the start of it because they were split up and they wanted to find each other? Because Janet wasn't with them? Yeah, but there's lots of discussion of, you know, Kang saying, I'm your only way out of here, etc., etc. I just, I don't know, it could have done with a line that's just they've redesigned the suits and it doesn't work that way. And I don't know, I was just at this the whole time going, put that desk in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's really fun. Mm. 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 If anyone can explain it, please tell me. Right. If if there is an explanation, I like that you think there might be. So mm. we've now talked over what is currently the lowest rank, lowest earning film of Phase Five, and I suspect mm. within the next couple of years will continue to be the lowest earning film of Phase Five. Well, let's hope. Um, and I say that the the joke there is obviously that Guardians has been out like a week. Maybe oh, it's already it's at, oh dear already made fifty percent more. Oh wow! Uh, let me get the numbers. I had the numbers a minute ago. Uh, I mean, this, this film, this film made four hundred and seventy-five, almost four hundred and seventy-six million. Hmm. Guardians Three is currently on six hundred and sixty-seven million. Does that even <laughs> break even for a Marvel film? Because once, because don't you you end up doubling the budget? You double it because well, yeah, it, it's two hundred million. So you assume something like four hundred for whatever, um, including advertising. And this is kind of the question I was sort of asking at the beginning: Is it good enough to be? No. Yeah, I don't and think so. It, you know, we did our po- phase four wrap up, I think, after watching this as well. And I talked about, mm. you know, I want mm. the swagger back. And this this absolutely ties into that. This wanted to have that, we're doing big scale stories and set pieces and so on. It just didn't land mm. in any way, shape or form for me. You know, I'm glad it did for for some people because I don't want things to be terrible. Mm. Um, but I'm, I am, you know, even more delighted by Guardians 3 having been so good. So Yeah. Yes, good. Yeah. Right, we will be back. We are on the precipice of more stuffs. We've got uh, Secret Invasion coming soon. We've got more Woo-hoo. films out this year. Um, so it's going to be very exciting. So watch your pod space for more releases from us. You can find us on social medias and places uh, at Elephant Gushing. Anywhere you can find things, do feel free to send us your thoughts. If we've missed that line about why they didn't embiggen, we mm. will, we definitely want to know. And do let us know your thoughts as the new things come out because we love to hear what other people are thinking as well. So until next time, marvellous. Marvellous.